0: to episode 37 of the horror dads podcast you're joined by your host john and jamie we've got a, a pretty action-packed episode here today though uh, don't we buddy who, who are yeah we, we do this is an interview one so who who are we interviewing
1: so we're interviewing our new friends dan and emily from the zombie game uh the graphic novel that they designed and wrote and produced it's fucking fantastic That's yeah. fantastic
0: I bought a, I bought a digital copy of it, uh, today after we interviewed them last night and yeah I've been reading through it and dude, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun.
1: Nice. Good. So you can tell, you can tell it's a lot of fun just by talking to them, you know? Uh, yeah. Talks I know. Not be fun
0: And I, I reached out to them today. I'm sure you saw, but I just, the, the cadence and the conversation is real natural with them and they're just, they're good yeah. people and they're a lot of fun and, um, it's not often that you just like jump in and start talking to people and they kind of like get your sense of humor immediately. Um, but yeah, they're, they're funny and fun people. And we talk about, uh, their episode theme that they selected was body horror. Um, so that's the theme of our episode. So we cover their top three films in the sphere of body horror. And we also, uh, talk a lot about the zombie game, which is their, their project that Jamie, uh, mentioned. And, um, we, Talk about a lot of stuff. So it was a really fun episode.
2: Yeah, it was great.
0: So if, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, if you're not new and you're returning, welcome back. But uh, as is typical on the episodes where we do interviews, we are just going to do a quick intro, catch up on some stuff, um, and then we'll roll into our interview with Dan uh, and Emily. And uh, each, each uh, episode we theme around something and then the guest will pick their top three films from whatever that something is. And then in this case, it's body horror. So before we yeah, do it's a that great topic, yeah. such And we haven't hit it yet, which is crazy. No 37 yeah. episodes in.
1: We might have to do a uh, Patreon follow-up episode of some of our favorite body horror films Oof. or on top or something. of something. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, for sure.
0: That's a good idea uh so jamie do you want to hit like our standard like intro stuff
1: before we get to the interview man yeah what do you want to start with family antics
0: uh yeah we can we can start with that obviously we're all about family on this podcast as it's horror dads but you want you want to start man? yeah
1: yeah so uh this past weekend was the like the halfway mark to halloween yeah uh so my boss actually texted me happy halfway to halloween day which one of those things like i knew it was someday you know what i mean but i didn't know the exact day so yeah it happened to be last sunday i believe so i put on i had my bluetooth speaker outside put on like the halloween playlist um
0: like really and then
1: you know the yeah the kids were loving it and then um i had them watching uh monster house all this week too and the younger one he just started like getting into that so he loves it um put on the Paranorman. Which I had never seen, and that movie's fucking great, dude. It,
0: the, that movie is so good, and that Chowder character is basically representative, re- represented in that in that movie too. And
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I love Paranorman and Monster House. Both those are great movies. Yeah, so good. So you know, and they're obviously just a little bit scary for the kids, scary enough to make it fun. Yeah, Uh Cracker always a crowd pleaser with the kids. You know. <laughs> yeah. So for sure. Yeah, that's cool. I my family
0: antics not uh, really related to my my immediate family, but I do uh, need to <laughs> to share a funny story about my best friend Connor, uh, who Jamie and I are both very very close with. He, um, I guess, allegedly has been recommending to me uh, to watch a show called The Terror. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. Apparently, just wasn't listening. Uh, I didn't realize this was even a show. Um,
1: the but, one about the the boat going through like the Alaska Straits.
0: Yes. So yeah, yeah. I was talking a couple weeks ago with our buddies over at the Alone in the Dark podcast, and um, I was looking for a good book recommendation. So Maddie from Alone in the Dark recommended I read The Terror. So I snagged it, and as I was getting into it, I. <laughs> I sent it to my best friend, Connor, and I was like, hey, I think you'd dig this. Um, And he, (laughs) like, fucking blew a cork. He was like, wait, are you messing with me right now? And I said, "Uh, no, no, man, like, uh, I I think you'd like it. It's sort of like Game of Thrones meets the thing uh, with other elements of, like, creature (laughs) features, right? And he was like, no, I know what the fuck it's about. Like, I've been recommending this to you for for years now. Uh, And... I, I'm I'm trying to find a text message right now where he, he really lost it. But uh, he uh, the, woke up the next day and sent me a text. He was like, you are now a corpse. Tell your children that you love them. I hate you. You're dead to me. Uh, so oh, we went yeah. back and forth with it. He's a very dramatic human being. But yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, so Connor, I know you're listening. <laughs> Check out The Terror. It's this book that takes place on a boat. Uh, and I think you'll like
1: it, man. Like I think you'll—that's the worst you'll when you recommend something to somebody, <laughs> and then they try to recommend it back to you after not listening for years. It's like just fuck you. Yeah, his response was perfect. Yep. So that's my family antique. But what do
0: you what what have you been watching, man?
1: Uh, so you know, other than the children's horror movies that I've been feeding the kids, <laughs> I watched this movie on. Uh, I don't know if it's on Shutter or what it's on. Um. I know it's streaming on Amazon or something. It's this movie called White of the Eye, with uh, David Keith and Kathy Moriarty, who plays like the the woman who's has the house bestowed upon her that's haunted in Casper, and she's looking for like the yeah yeah. (laughs) the treasure. So it's her and uh, yeah David Keith and then uh, some other dude. But it's like I don't know that I would recommend it to anyone. It's essentially this woman marries this guy and. You know, he seems like this great, like, he's like this audio sound guy, like, in the 80s, you know, that pretty much consists of hooking up people's stereo systems. And, uh... Fucking great gig, by the way. Give me that job right now. Yeah, (laughs) right. And, like, the thing is, is he's going over and hooking up, like, these incredibly attractive women's, like, sound systems, and then they always kind of want to repay him with sexual favors, it seems, you know? That's what's happening in this movie? Yeah. and then So it's like a real 80s movie. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yep. And the wife starts suspecting him of being a serial killer. But um, so he's just being unfaithful? It's... Well, so you're not going to get away? Possibly. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to do spoilers, but uh, it, you know, it's a, I don't know. It does these weird flashbacks throughout, which kind of make it like at times you're not sure what you're watching. Like, am I watching present day or am I watching a flashback? But yeah, it was, I don't know. It took me like three nights to finish because I could fall asleep, but it was fine. Yeah, Cool. So uh, I just talked for three minutes about nothing.
0: All right. That's good. Um, White
1: of the eye, 1987.
0: Well, I just checked out 2021's uh, one day old newest baby, um, which is Fried Berry. So we had Ryan Kruger on, the director of Fried Berry. So the movie's been out and done for a while now but it was just right. released uh yesterday may 7th on shutter um so i actually stayed up thursday night till midnight and watched it um and it released and i didn't do that intentionally i just found myself in a situation where i was like i got a lot going on for work and trying to wrap a project and i was like pecking away at something and i was like oh shit it's midnight i can put on fried berry and then i ended up watching like the whole thing um so super pleased with that uh we reached out to or i reached out to ryan and just told him how much i enjoyed it and uh, i believe it was the joe bobs uh joe bob briggs uh film for for at the drive-in on friday night too which is really cool no
1: way it was on joe bob i think so yeah oh my god dude yeah that's Um, like high that's high prestige I know and it was it literally was the day it
0: came out um so it just it worked out and just congrats to ryan and check out fried Berriott's on uh, yeah man congrats Shutter. to you
1: like that's amazing john did you watch on joe bob
0: I, I didn't i saw okay um i think it was this morning or maybe friday I, over the past two days i saw somewhere that uh, ryan posted that it was on joe bob and it was like trending number three topic in the world or some shit so just like really really cool for him really down-to-earth guy that worked super hard on a film uh that took off and it's beautifully shot it's really pretty to look at and um the story takes what would seemingly be a very uh um basic and simple storyline and like makes it incredibly original so it's fun it's, it's completely yeah. worth a watch if you like horror so um hey, get and into I also, that
1: friedberry barry
0: yeah, I also wanted to note, so I can't was it you or who knows? Someone we were talking to recently. Um, but I went to watch the movie uh Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker on Shutter.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I clicked it. Um this was a few nights ago. And that movie's what from the eighties. So yeah. this this film started and I was like, wait a minute. This movie was made like yesterday. This is not butcher. This can't be Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. And it was this like present day movie, uh, and I had no idea what the movie was called. And it was one of those deals where I was like kind of working while it was on, and then shut my computer and watched it entirely the other night. Uh, I stayed up till like one thirty in the morning finishing it. Um, but it was called After Midnight, um, and it was on Shutter. And for whatever reason, the Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. <laughs> Like Link took me to this other film, but I'm so fucking glad I watched it. And it really like uh, it was almost like a romantic comedy slash horror film slash co- there were definitely comedic elements. Uh, it's all about this this guy's relationship with this um, with this woman and him grappling with like them overcoming, you know, the adversities of, of any kind of relationship. Uh, but honestly, man, like this movie was really uh it was it was funny. It was sweet it It had moments that were actually scary. I was laughing uh out loud by myself in the basement, and no bullshit. It made me like it made me love my wife so much more, uh, just watching this movie. Uh, it was great. so i I would really recommend after midnight. I enjoyed it
1: after midnight, yeah, I'm gonna check that out,
0: yeah, definitely worth a watch.
1: Cool. Uh, All right, so... You've
0: been buying anything lately?
1: Yeah. Um, No, I have not. How about you?
0: I actually have a few recent
1: purchases. Oh, good, Um, good. Yeah. I'm still waiting on my City Fox printing shirt. I heard... When I bought that, I had read that the shipping takes a while, but it's worth it. Sure. And it's one of those where I just kind of like going into it, I knew that it would be a while, so... I'm not stressing. I'm just waiting for it to get here.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I snagged... Uh, a couple blu-rays on an upgrade uh spree um nice. i grabbed killer clowns from outer space um upgrade to blu-ray
1: yeah i still need to do that it's one of those uh, i i always think like okay i should go ahead and grab that but i just don't you know
0: well yeah and then the one i I bought has this like really unique cover i've not seen before so it was like that's kind of what drew me toward it. i was like well i love that do yeah. I need this movie on blu-ray but fuck
1: this is where not- is it from is it the arrow one no i mean i think i paid
0: maybe 15 or 18 bucks for it so i don't think it would be arrow because that would probably be like 30 um
1: yeah but you know me if you're gonna spend 15 bucks on some fucking why not spend buck blu-ray right why not spend 40 on the arrow yeah <laughs>
0: um but yeah so i snagged that and then i also upgraded um to uh, n- uh the blu-ray version of night of the creeps because we um on our Patreon, uh, the Ten Dollar Tier, we do a monthly watch through of a film and we've decided that anyone that subscribes to the Ten Dollar Tier, um, that uh, individual will be eligible to join us for a watch through. So our our buddy, longtime supporter, Adrian Chilpa, uh, he's gonna be joining us uh, for the May watch through. And the movie he selected was Night of the Creeps. So we're gonna be doing yeah, a watch great. through
1: that great fucking choice i can't wait to do that with adrian that's gonna be a good time and just
0: fucking great dude i uh, love talking to that yeah. man and he's uh you know he's a great dad and he's a great horror fan and he's he's good to us and he's a great supporter so adrian thanks man
1: yeah and also i knew that that was one that you had not yet purchased on blu-ray i knew that you hadn't done the flip yet yeah. which i had done yeah. a year or two ago and uh as soon as i saw that he picked that movie i was like well here's john's chance to upgrade
0: honestly the next day i was like well i I have to buy i have to
1: yeah of course yeah Uh, well it's nice to have an excuse to do the upgrade you know yeah because it's like you you always want to you naturally want everything to be uh blu-ray now but it's like without a reason sometimes it's like ah i don't need to spend that money yeah
0: Yeah. So and then I also bought our buddies over at uh, Toxic Coffin um, the Fright Night T-shirt. We we recently did on oh our, yeah um, giveaway uh, of one of their teas. And then when I was on the site, I was like, well, I gotta get one too. Um, yeah. So I didn't go to the Peter Vincent one. I went the uh, uh, the traditional like um, the colors on there are just so good. Dude, they're perfect. And the Ninja yeah. Brewster with like it plays on the the cover of uh the original Friday night film it's just it's so so cool and it came with these like added perks like a koozie and these like little mini vampire stakes and a handwritten note and um, oh they kill it with the accoutrements they do um yeah
1: i love i love those guys
0: yeah and, and we we did correspond with them and we're we we do plan to have them on the show so if you've not uh checked out toxic coffin uh, make sure you do and we will fuck yeah Probably be having them on before the end of the summer. I love that. I guess the last thing to hit before we jump into our interview is what we're wearing right now, man. So what do you have on?
1: Yeah, so I'm rocking the David Slobodnik uh, sweatshirt, man. It's fucking like 50 degrees out here in Ohio. It might be colder now. Uh, but perfect day to slap that on. And I just got out of the shower, put this amazing sweatshirt on. One of my favorite articles of clothing that I have, the uh, yeah, Jack dude. the Pumpkin.
0: Jack, Jack the Lantern, yeah. Um, Jack
1: the Lantern, yeah. Sorry, I'll fuck that up every time. <laughs> uh, David and you and I good... both have a variation of this pumpkin tattooed on our arms. so From the same artist, from David. So. Very near and dear, yep. Yeah,
0: he's a great buddy of ours uh, local to Youngstown, Ohio, um, but he ships all over the U.S., so he's got a great store. And if you are in the Northeast Ohio region and need a tattoo, he
1: is a great uh, person to do that for you as well. And speaking of that, for Mother's Day, my wife said the only thing she wanted was, uh, she has no tattoos, but she wants to get a tattoo uh, for Mother's Day. that She wants that to be her gift. So, David doesn't know it yet, but you're going to be hooking my uh, wife up with a tattoo? (laughs) I was going to say, does she want to go to David? She she does, yeah. Oh, perfect. Well, I I told her, I was like, any tattoo needs, David's our guy now. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of is our guy. Whether he likes Uh... it or not. Oh, you guys again. Fuck.
0: Uh, I've tripled my rate because you won't fucking leave me alone. So. You fucking
1: horror dweebs.
0: <laughs> horror nerds. <laughs> uh, well, I actually currently have on um, a prototype to something that we're, we're piloting here. So we recently did a run of Horror Dads t-shirts and we printed off a couple uh, Horror Dads hoodies. So if you are in the market and you feel like you want a Horror Dads hoodie, um reply to the episode comments and let us know like, Hey, that you'd be into that, that kind of merch. Um, we're, we're still finding our way and developing our web store and whatnot. So if you're, if you're interested, let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll figure out how to prioritize things. So, um, yeah, 100%. So on that note, uh, if you do want to buy merch, we do have a website uh, that you can do so. So horror dads.com. Um, you can buy merch, listen to episodes, uh, find out more about Jamie and I, um if you are interested in joining our patreon you can also find us on patreon uh we have a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier we talked about some of those perks but uh tomorrow's mother's day and we do uh episodes with our wives on our patreon we we hit the horror moms uh element of things so that's a lot of fun uh we also do um you know watch, uh, watch through episodes and, uh, some bonus content, uh, bonus episodes. We did top 10 horror masks and stuff like that. Um, and we'll often publish like companion pieces to, to, uh, episodes that we record. So we'll probably have another one this month about additional body horror stuff. Yeah. Um, I
1: think we're going to do a horror moms probably this week, huh?
0: Yep. Yeah. We have to, it's a mother's day week. So yeah. And then the final thing too, uh you can find us on social media anywhere at horror dads um and uh if you'd like to leave us a review on apple podcasts it really helps us uh helps us out it helps other people find us um and uh you know five star would be great but if you uh have a one star feeling you know just shoot us a direct message and we'll talk through why you're feeling that way
1: love you guys Should yeah let's get into it let's, let's do get it. at it enjoy the interview take care everybody All
0: right, welcome to episode 37 of the Horror Dads podcast. We are thrilled today to be joined by our new friends, uh, Emily McGinnis and Dan Bridges from... Woo! Emily yes! Dan,
1: welcome, guys. Welcome in, guys.
3: Thank you, thank you very much.
0: So so Emily and Dan are uh, working through a project called The Zombie Game, which is a really cool graphic novel. Um, they are they just wrapped a Kickstarter a couple weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, due, due to scheduling, we couldn't have them on prior to or during the Kickstarter, which would have been hopefully beneficial for you guys, but you doubled your goal. So you, you didn't even need us, um, which is amazing. So congrats to both of you.
3: Thank, Thank you. Yeah, hey, you guys killed it on it's that. All, it's, it's all her. <laughs> it's all her. Nothing, no, no me. I'll take her. full
4: credit. I, I was you. in the
3: video. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was my con- contribution to this.
4: He did what I told him, just yeah. like with everything else.
0: <laughs> and we had that uh, that like preliminary shitty moment where so Emily was the one that jumped on the call with us and Dan is prominently like the one on your social media channel doing the videos and stuff. So when we jumped on, we were like, Dan, you sound different. Um we don't <laughs> understand, And she was like, "Everyone thinks I'm a dude. I just it's the thing that happens and then Jamie and I both felt <laughs> shitty after the-
4: <laughs> oh no, no, oh, yeah. I, I love it. I love it because I get to go around uh, Instagram and be completely anonymous. so yeah, that yeah. I is mean nice. some of
3: the stuff that she gets as a as a as a lady parts person is like it's quite uh, i I you know you. As a as a nice person, I, I would say that I'm I'm semi nice. Like I'm not I'm not like the best of people, but I don't just randomly send people that I don't know pictures of my anatomy, thinking yeah, that that seriously. would be a good idea through like some sort of social media. You know, um, I I at least wait until I have their phone number. So
0: yeah, uh, or their address to send them a physical (laughs) picture. Yeah, as long
3: as I know where she lives already, then it's fine, right? But no, it's just it's it's shocking.
4: And like ninety percent of the horror community is super cool, you know, like wicked cool. Everyone's uh super supportive, and like for for our Kickstarter, we actually uh, grouped with a whole bunch of horror authors who are up and coming. And they were just so kind and so generous, like, with cool, their time. Yeah. um, and then that other 10% just needs to be burned alive.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a very unfortunate part of our culture. And I think that resides in all sub communities, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. if you're and, listening and you're on the fence about being a participant and sending unsolicited pictures, just don't, and,
4: <laughs>
3: it's not a good idea it's not
4: a good look no woman wants to see it possibly. i know and
3: no dude really wants to see it either it's just letting you know that when you see that and you're like this, what's, what is that why what it's turned this is thing?
0: this is a really good segue though because our topic today that we're going to talk about is what
1: body horror
4: body horror we're talk
0: about body horror and not the kind we yeah. just discussed
4: right <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> there's many types of uh body horror john
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. So, so we've got, we, we definitely want to dump, uh, jump like headfirst into your, to your project and talk about the zombie game, the graphic novel and everything. But before we do that, we just want to kind of allow everyone the opportunity to get to know you guys as, as we have started to, which is, which is awesome. Um, but, uh, so I, I didn't do a very good job of introducing you both with your credentials, which so, so Dan, um, on this specific project, wrote, um uh, wrote oh. the project and, uh, co-wrote. I'm sorry. Is that what you said?
3: No, no. I was like, yes. Cause I was like credentials. Yes. I was thinking credentials.
0: <laughs> I'm get my business card out like Patrick. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's uh, right.
0: So Dan, you wrote the project and Emily, you edited the project, but Emily, I understand you also have some um, illustration experience in the coloring book uh, component to the project too. Who you, uh, contributed to. So graphic design and, Illustration is also part of your uh, repertoire as well.
4: Yeah, we have a super awesome companion coloring book that goes with the graphic novels. Yeah. So I got to draw all that as well. So
3: one of our characters is Leg, who is the service dog to our main character, Oz. And the coloring book uh, shows the action, the, goes through the story through his perspective. And it's really cool. <clears throat> and she did a great job, and it's really cute.
0: You, you guys are, I guess, probably, what, two-fifths or two-sixths of, of the project, but um, it's your baby, and uh, you guys are a couple, right? And you're married. Yes.
4: yes. It, it happened. Yes, it did. Somehow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think uh, somebody asked me, it's like, oh, how'd you propose to your wife? And I said, in a drunken rage. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> That's how we're going to deliver this podcast to you all today. So <laughs> <laughs>
3: But uh, yeah, it, it's it's been good. Uh, we also learned how to work with each other, um, and
4: and we were lucky enough to have a yeah. really amazing team too. We had yeah. our art, artist Pablo. Pablo, (laughs) Pablo, (laughs) sorry, Pablo, Um. Pablo and uh, Lucas Gattoni did our, um, lettering as well. And we've been working with a cool, really cool, uh, printer who, uh, called Kness that's been great for, uh, small indie projects. So if you have a a horror book or any sort of horror project, you should go check them out for printing.
0: Yeah. Where are you guys located physically in the U.S.?
4: It's lovely sunny los angeles oh yeah yeah you're
1: yeah, yeah, nice. on the west coast that's right yeah very cool so um, tell us about the zombie game how did this get started where'd the idea come from
3: okay so that that part's mine um well so i i love horror uh i love horror movies i'm big like I, i'm more of a film buff uh Emily's so you more- grew up
1: a horror fan
3: oh god um so I remember seeing, like, when I was, a, a, like, I remember this movie, my aunt wouldn't let me watch, and it, it was incredibly scary to me, and they actually ended up folding this person and putting them in a drawer, and I remember this, like, vividly, and it was just scared the crap out of me. I can't remember the name of the movie or anything like that, but I grew up, and then, I you know, they were letting me watch the exorcist and and alien and, and movies like that when I was just a kid. So I was scared absolutely out of my mind, but I also was just fascinated at how that could, that, that could do that to somebody. So, yeah. And then just throughout, I've just been so amazed at how um, a horror, you know, you can take something so, you know, something to say about society or say something about humanity and 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 put that as like a monster or or a demon or or whatever and it shows um the base of humanity and it's i I've absolutely love that
0: I feel like the three films that you that you both settled on for us to to discuss at the back end of this podcast um are very demonstrative of that very concept Yeah,
3: it's something that it it means something to me and i think that that's the like i with with everything but especially with horror i think you can hit something and, and hit the nail on the head so well and say something so profound that um you know something about us as like as a as a as a human being you know, cutting through all of the, the societal stuff. And I, I just find that to be fascinating. So when I started to look to to write something in the genre, and I also have a a, a hard time with like um, demons and stuff like that, because, uh, and I just, I'm not quite a believer. Like they scare me and all, and I like watching it, but I I don't really believe in
4: that kind of stuff. Well, look, you also have to understand that Dan gets very angry <laughs> if if plots are not logical. Yes. So we have very sharp debates about, please fucking just enjoy something. Yes.
3: Yeah. And so I have, yeah. a really, <laughs> I have a really hard time with certain things. And so I wanted to, I was trying to find something to write uh, in the genre, but I didn't want it to be just happenstance, right? I just didn't want to be like, now, you know, cause I mean, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but you know, aliens come down or it's a virus or whatever, and we're going through stupid apocalypse right now. And it just seemed really kind of, um, trite and it's been done and I didn't want to just do the same thing. And there's also a- aspects to that, like, like, especially with zombies, it's like at the midpoint, you kind of find out what kind of zombie they are and how to beat them and then you have to figure out if it's a virus or whatever. And I was trying to figure out a a way to, to do something else with in the genre. And then I read the, a book called the girl with all the gifts. And if you haven't read that book, it's, it's a terrible movie, but it's an amazing book. And it made me think about like zombies and that whole thing in a different light. So it gave me this inspiration. And at the same time, there was, all that stuff going on in Florida with the the bath salts and flaca and people eating people's faces and stuff. And so I started thinking instead of it being a big place, like the entire world or country, I started looking at it. Maybe you can actually do it in a centralized location, like a town or a building, and then utilize That monster in that and then if you could do that what else could you do
4: because that is really what makes train to busan so fun is that it's like an enclosed place when you actually get to the train yeah and like oh yeah we love
1: that movie yeah we do
3: and so and then the other part is uh i'm a veteran and i i went to uh a, a writing event with some some writers here and a buddy of mine, uh, I am not uh, a, a combat veteran uh, I was in before, but my, a lot of my friends are, and my buddy was there. He was asking these writers about writing, you know, PTSD and why don't you write, you know, veteran characters that do other things. And um, they were like, cause that's what interests us. And I looked at it and I, and, and I, I thought about it and I went, well, of course it would interest them, but To most of my friends and stuff, it's stuff that we just have to deal with. So then I had, like, I came up with my main character, Oz, and then I put those kind of things together and just kind of started asking more questions. Um, So, and and then uh, it just kind of, it was like, who would do this? Why would somebody do this? If you can make one type of zombie, can you make two? Can you make three? Can you, what, why, why? would maybe to, to you know everybody was playing those um you know uh escape rooms so maybe it's something like that sure. yeah just kind of building on and then i came up with something that i thought was original and i was quite shocked um and i was very excited about it and so i wrote it as a screenplay in the beginning and then uh so this boom, has been going on it, i
0: guess a while right because the bat's yeah. all- that was years ago so yeah
3: Um, Uh, we've
4: been working on this forever yeah
3: well she had an idea to like make it into uh, a graphic novel because she she worked at boom and she'd done that and so we had to rewrite the whole thing for the graphic novel then we had to find and she did all this right she had to find we had to find the artist and then just and he uh, he is amazing and i love the art he is not the fastest guy on the planet um so it's been a while
0: well yeah i mean from what again we can kind of get into what iterations are available of the project thus far but um before going into that just any 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 person right now can get a free basically demo like a 30 Uh, It's like 28 pages, I think, uh, version of uh, consolidated, like almost like a an intro, like a sample size, Um, so you can read about these characters that um, Dan and Emily are referencing, and and you can meet Oz and and Leg the dog, and um, Mm -hmm. and see the artwork and get a get a pulse for things. And yeah, I I mean, I read it this week, and I was telling them, you know, prior to recording, I'm in, like, I want to read, I want to read more, so excited.
3: That's how we get you um, yeah. but thank you very much. it's uh, it, it's you know people seem to like it, so that's cool. so
1: that's really reviews.
0: So, so Jamie, too, is a veteran um, uh, like like you, Dan. um so is of the twenty eight pages i I assume that the main character is a veteran simply because he makes reference to the fact that he's what thirty three and a yeah. a freshman in college, right yeah yeah um so i i assumed that in in reading it um but is that a like a critical aspect to the to the story um or to the the character and the character the main character and his
3: traits yes yeah um very much so i mean uh so one of the things that so I, i when i got out of the army i went into and this is a different time Uh, of, um, you know, where the military was not, like, actually thought about very much at all. It was during, it was, um, I went in, like, right at the, the first Gulf War, and the political climate was very different, and when I got out and went to college, you know, I was the oldest person there, or in my classes anyway. And people would be like, well, what, what'd you do? And I told them and they would laugh at me. Um, and they'd call me and would, they'd say, why, what are you, what were you stupid? What you couldn't get in the call? You know, those kinds of things, things. Oh, that no way. People Yeah. People don't really do that anymore. Um, but it was a very, uh, so I hid was kind of, I kind of hid my veteran status for a long time because it, it was not considered like, um, something that was valuable. And then coming to uh, LA, you know, being a vet and playing one on TV are two completely different things. Um, Just because you are one doesn't mean you can play one is something that I found out really hard, a hard lesson. Um, So it was this kind of weird um, spot for me to be in. And I felt as though I was behind everybody else. In their, in their lives. And also the other aspect of it was. Uh, I think that veterans along with other types of people that have had these kinds of experiences know that society is. Is a construct our, our society, and this is why horror is so cool. Cause it breaks that shit down really fast is that, um, you know, everything that we do on a day-to-day basis, 90% of it is, or probably more is is all just facade right it's all social construct and you know most people aren't going to get hurt and and this and that and the other thing um now a lot of people have learned that that's not true in the last couple of years depending yeah. on who you are and i think For the sure. veterans have always known that that veil of civility um can go away real fast And instead of dwelling on it, veterans run through it. And that's the part of Oz that I I wanted to have that, that moment where everybody's freaking out, like what's happening, what's really happening. Who is that? Why is this happening? You know, it's for Oz, it doesn't matter. He knows the 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 immediate threat and then deal with it afterwards. And so I wanted that character in there uh, to, to, instead of, wait a minute, stop, don't do this. It's like, screw it. Somebody's coming at me, I'm taking them out. And then it's like, what that, you know, I'll deal with it, deal with why later. And him then juxtaposed with the others create this really interesting teeter-totter. And so I use that um, to kind of blast through a little bit of that um, not believing or confused situation because he knows that that's, uh doesn't matter
0: so so oz is a little bit uh probably a, a little bit you and a little bit of other people you've encountered through the yes. process of being a veteran yeah absolutely and and his companion is a four-legged companion named leg right
3: yeah um our dog name our, our dog's name is leg leg is a it's it's usually um it comes it's a in-
4: military term for people who are not airborne
3: in, in the arm.
4: And oh. walk mm.
3: So it's they're they're called dirty nasty legs. So um <laughs> I, a, I was like dirty was, nasty uh, legs. <laughs> I was so
0: stupid about it. I was like,
3: oh maybe he only <laughs> has one leg, maybe he's missing <laughs> one well, no, that's, I, I know, that's, so if you get it, it's a very, very small, even small I didn't realize that so many people even in the military didn't even get the joke. Um, so I found that to be funny, but it was, and so.
4: Don't worry, everyone we tell it to thinks we're saying lay, like a Hawaiian lay.
3: And the guy at the park thinks his name's legs, like he's got four legs. So he's like, um, oh, come here, legs. So, legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's what he calls <laughs> it. Um, but so the, another thing that I'm really, uh, like, I, there's two, like, things that I was, uh, guitars for vets and paws for patriots those two, um, organizations and, uh, um, pause for Patriots. One of the things that hopefully when we get a little, um, you know, uh, more secure and things, we're going to try to help, uh, raise, um, dogs for, uh, uh, you know, emotional support animals and things like that. And initially, man. That, but he just doesn't really have the temperament. But it's something that really means a lot to uh, me and, and, and Emily and something that really helps, like really helps in a different way. And so I wanted and it's the, the other thing is, is that a lot of people think PTSD and this stuff um, is a weakness. And I really wanted to show it as a strength in, in a different type of scenario um, because.
0: You, and that's a trope, I feel. Also this is me like the most standard midwestern person that's never suffered from PTSD saying this sentence so take it with a grain of salt but I also feel like that's a, a trope that's kind of like overutilized and I feel like it's commonly overutilized pe- by people that don't really understand it or research it and they they always think like oh they're a veteran they have PTSD and it's like well, well
4: it's really lazy writing, just yeah. like the woman being raped as a source of drama is the same lazy writing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, and so like like I studied PTSD with the whole idea of like brain plasticity and, and all that kind of stuff. So um it was something that was um so let's just put it, it's a part of his character, but it's not it's not defines him. And that's what I think is special about Oz. Um, And the other thing is is that I I juxtaposed him with Terrence and Terrence has been like used by society in a different way, but has still been abused by society in that same way. Um, As a football player whose body has been destroyed. And I wanted to juxtapose those two things as kind of similar, but different um you know for other people's enjoyment or pleasure or monetary gain both of these people have been brutalized in a different way and i look that
0: I, i i can and i only read those 30 pages but like you saying this right now that is such a and i feel like that's a that in itself is a pandemic in the united states like the idea of of obtaining fame and like accessing fame at your own expense is is I think a very fucking unfortunately popular concept that people are willing to like throw themselves at to and it and oftentimes it's not even mod- like look at reality television right oh, yeah. people think that they're they think they're going to be famous and they're they're probably not even being compensated like Real Housewives aside you look at the the Lifetime shows.
3: Oh, no, they're totally used. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of, sad. The yeah, and concept's so, disgusting. I, I just wanted. To, yeah, no, it is, and that's that's the that's the the part of it of, um, you know, one was for the you know potential of getting his family out of poverty, and the other one was for you know um patriotism, and it's it's very they're very similar, and so I. I now all of these concepts are things that I really, um, you know, this is where the characters were created. Um, once certain things and like certain zombies and certain things start to happen, their character comes through. But I mean, they're they're on a clock and they need to move. So it's there's there's movement and you know zombies attacking and all kinds of stuff. But that's who and why I had those characters. Um, there uh, to give voices to those people who tend to be you know not even thought about in in media um, at at all
2: sure yeah I mean so I I I
0: love you guys that's all I have to say (laughs) (laughs) Emily what um, what's your relationship with horror been like I know this is sort of like not in any sort of kind of linear narrative here but uh we kind of heard about dan's what's what's yours sort of been like
4: yeah so like i think for a long time horror horror was like real to me so i i didn't i didn't really like horror like when i saw scream as like a teenager like i i literally thought that's what high school was going to be like that (laughs) oh no right (laughs) like high school was a bunch of like Souped up, you know, teenagers that were like all going to kill each other. Um,
1: Yeah, that adds a whole new level of uh, anxiety.
4: Right. And so, like, horror was always really real to me, which we'll get more into when we talk about like our favorites. Um, And the movie that changed it for me was The Ring. And it's (laughs) looking back on it, like, I know it's not the best movie made ever but it unlocked something in horror for me where I was able to see it as like a mystery story and something interesting and like something I want to know about and like something that was just kind of like out of the corner of your eye and off to the side. And it became in a way, like it was better that it wasn't as scary to me because I could actually watch it and I could like appreciate it as, as a genre because some sort of, like switch flipped in my my brain so I I got to I got the best of all worlds because I got to consume like all decades all all subgenres like all at once once that was like unlocked for me so it was just like a total binge after that
1: yeah I think that's what happens with a lot of uh I think once you discover horror you kind of either become a huge fan or you don't. And if you do, that's kind of what you do. You want it all. Like, give it all to me all yeah. at once. Like, just a big fat hog. Like, give me all the horror.
4: <laughs> you, like you, you, you put on those. Like, Job of the
1: Hut sitting there, like, <laughs> bring me the horror. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's exactly
4: <laughs> you you get, <laughs> you get the giant bowl of popcorn. Mm. You put on those fat pants and you just, like, consume as much expand
2: as you- into <laughs> it yeah
0: <laughs> exactly right <laughs> oh that's really cool and i feel like it's so critical to have that that one move and oddly enough not to contradict your story but like my the movie that did what you just described for the ring for you for me was scream um and, uh, yeah
4: yeah
0: and it's just crazy yeah. though that and i i feel like i'm based off of your story maybe a couple years older than you so Scream came to me when I was maybe like nine or ten, and it was that first thing that I saw where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I do want a job of the hut on this genre now because this really changed my perspective on things and the idea of like mystery and and it's almost like fantasy because you you sort of suspend reality but within reality and it's like, oh, the rules have been redefined and like it just it recreates like your. Your perspective and that I mean
4: I had only known Henry Winkler from happy days. So I it was yeah horrifying.
0: I saw him in New York City uh when I lived there and um I was alone. And so this story like holds no water because everyone always calls bullshit on it, but I really did. <laughs>
2: and um, I didn't
0: so- I didn't yell what one would think you would yell, which would be <laughs> hey! hey yeah, didn't do that.
3: Mm. So I'm sure
4: you appreciated that. I,
3: just just I'm I'm older than both of y'all. And so the thing about scream just in context it, it kind of it's they're kind of like it's kind of like nirvana in music there were so much crappy slasher films and some people love them um, and I enjoyed them like but I wasn't scared and I wasn't like it was just people like you know, stabbing people or whatever, and a lot of blood splatter, but they weren't scary and they weren't, um, they didn't have any meaning behind them. And then Scream came and it kind of like. Oh, it had
0: intelligence and. and yeah. It, it was, was like sexy. Scary. It was smart. It was, smart. Yeah. it was like, it was scary.
3: Yeah, as funny. Hell. All I mean. that. It was and all it, that. It just, there was so many things to it that kind of reset the genre that um, were really awesome so I always give props to that one yeah yeah for sure
0: so are are you guys both are you more horror fans that just happened upon graphic novel as an outlet or are you more like graphic novel comic book people that then leaned into horror like what I guess what's the the synergy there between the graphic novel display of your story and in horror
4: I think I'm more of a comic book person that that loves horror only because I fell even harder for like the comic book as a storytelling device um it's actually what I went to school for and like I've I've worked in the field as well so
0: like right writing or or writing through graphic like,
4: um
0: yeah I went to- I don't, I don't even know do- the question I'm asking because I don't oh, even know okay. the proper terms to ask. <laughs> you a uh, drawing shit? Uh-
4: <laughs> I have Korean.
2: Yeah.
4: Um. <laughs> I uh I worked for uh for Boom Studios um for a bit, and I uh, hosted a a dinner for comic people here in L.A. for about three years, and did the comic book convention circuit with my own books and stuff like that. And like I said, it's what I went to school for as well, which originally I thought I was going for animation until they decided that that was dead. <laughs> and, uh, but I really loved it because I wanted to draw and I wanted to tell stories. So it's, and it's a genre that you can control. Like there's such a low barrier to entry. Like,
3: yeah. I think that that's the coolest part. Cause I, I'm not, I'm I'm more of a horror fan yeah. than a comic fan, but I was, you know, when I was in the army, I I loved Wolverine and X Men and stuff like that, and then I I started off writing um, feature scripts and, and and screenwriting, and but I also love like the you know um, the Walking Dead and Thirty Days of Night and stuff like that, and coming at it and then going. Two graphic novels and seeing what they were able to do instead of, you know, making a really campy meh, um, you know, movie for, I don't know. Or
4: maybe just a short, short
3: film for, you know, hundred thousand or whatever, you know? Um, and I'm sure you, you could do it for less if you were a genius, which I wasn't. Um, but, uh, but with a graphic novel, you can create an entire world. You can create an entire city. You can create um you know other worlds and all kinds of stuff. And so that ability to on on the same budget, right, you know, it doesn't matter what story you tell because it's the story that's important because the world you can do whatever you want to with it. yeah, it's almost uh, like
0: a video game because. Yeah you, you got to think from a screenwriting perspective like the last thing a director wants to pick up and read is like fuck a subway with a dinosaur kickboxing a uh, a robot on top of it while the you know, sky's on fire like how am
3: i going to do that right well the direct the you know basically as a as an entry-level screenwriter they're like single location uh thriller that's their like that's the the goal. The goal is to do a single location thriller
4: with two characters <laughs> with two
3: characters that that don't talk, and uh, you know it's, it's, so it's it's very specific. and um I attempted a couple of different times, but uh, you know, given what I was able to do, and then, you know, yeah, there would have been a lot of spe- practical effects, a lot of special effects and stuff like that. And with the graphic novel, all of that was taken care of and so that aspect of the imagination could just run rampant
4: and we were lucky enough to find an artist who could actually fulfill who could actually like take that vision and build on it and like gave us huge moments i mean in our book we have like an entire warehouse exploding yeah you know like we have people being like napalmed on fire like that alone yeah you know
3: i've been i've been lit on fire once uh he has it it was it was not it it was for a stunt
0: oh fuck i was gonna i oh boy i was entering that space where i was like oh yeah i couldn't breathe for a second
3: (laughs) yeah it was it was for a stunt it's called the fall dude i I did a a web series um but yeah it's uh yeah that that's expensive shit
0: (laughs) so do from a i know we're here to talk about horror and we're going to get into some some movies here in a moment but uh from a comic book perspective do you guys have favorite comic book comic books or comic book characters or different inspirations that kind of uh drove the the layout of the zombie game
4: um well i I've, I've always been a fan of batman and i know i should probably pick something indie <laughs> but like the the psychology and like seeing those stories and, and understanding, I guess kind of like the ring, right? That like, it can be a mystery story. It can be a detective story that like, it's leading you through something like very grounded and psychological, I think is also the horror that we like as well. We we like it to be based in reality because we are monsters.
3: Oh yeah, we are. Um, you know, I, I always say... Uh, You've seen or heard um, Chris Rock, he talks about like, you know, the, the tiger ate somebody or attacks somebody, and everybody's like, oh, the tiger went crazy. It's like, no, the tiger didn't go crazy. The tiger went tiger. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He, he did what was natural to him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. like, evil, and that's, I, I think that that's why I find like demons and, and aliens, it's like they're just doing their nature. They're not evil. Evil are people who do that to other people. That's and that's interesting to me. It's that it you know like also there's an element of Saw in this is because I love the original Saw was absolutely brilliant. Um,
1: Yeah, that first one was great.
3: The first one was awesome. Like because it was it was putting you in a position to do something that you wouldn't do and giving you an opportunity to do that. And if you don't, there are consequences. And it's like that. Um. Like, I had some conversations like, yeah, you know, you know, you can get anybody to do anything, just giving them the, the freedom of not being prosecuted. So the fact of, like, doing something bad is so easy for us. Um, that's what I find fascinating, as opposed to, like, it's, it's a demon that's now, um, you know, running around. I, I love watching those stories, but I, I'm more interested to write the um the human aspect of that,
1: yeah, agreed. It's like the purge. Uh, not that I love that movie, but that idea is so fucking horrifying that people would be willing to, you know, all you have to say is like you won't be punished and there's people willing to fucking kill each other. You know, like that's fucking scary
3: uh, it's but it's way accurate, uh, yeah. Like,
0: unfortunately I, yeah 100 percent would be yeah. that really really sensitive family head of household who would be like
1: all right everyone get in the Dude, basement we're gonna have get in the basement chores. get yeah. in the fucking basement yep we're gonna play monopoly kids yeah for it's the just next a tornado yeah of killer neighbors don't worry about it yeah. um so for me when i was in the army
3: i found i found comic books um and like I, I said earlier i found um x-men and wolverine and i i think like at the time wolverine and x uh weapon x and all that kind of stuff was was going on and um so that one you know a lot of my uh, army buddies got wolverine tattooed on their on their arm or whatnot uh, i was lucky. oh enough- nice yeah yeah um i was lucky enough to to come out on tattooed because the coloring in panama was really shitty but um, <laughs>
1: uh, the salt water washed it right off <laughs> exactly. but so um
3: we i i loved it then and then later uh i found like my, my one of my favorite ones is 30 days a night and i really loved oh yeah the beginning of the walking dead um just because also that's a big thing is just you know looking at it in a different way and i just i i've you know seeing those aspects of a a story that we've seen before but tweaked in just a, a unique way was really awesome
0: yeah we had um a dude on the podcast uh his name's Joel Herrera he's an artist and mm-hmm. he um dabbles in this space quite a bit um he's got like a full-time i think graphic design gig somewhere but he he's his passion is kind of comic book artistry more so Mm -hmm. um we haven't i don't know jamie this is our 37th episode i don't know if we've ever really like paired uh paired anyone up yet or or match made but i don't know maybe maybe you guys uh will work with joel at some point but he's really really talented and um his episode we actually focused on horror movies inspired by comic books and he yeah 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 we talked a lot about 30 days a night and yeah. Uh, some other that
3: one's awesome. Yeah, like that's it, such a good one. Know, yeah, it's it's not something that I gravitated toward. Josh Hartnett, I was just like, eh, but like uh, sure. Once, once I saw that, um, I was like, man, this is a good movie.
4: Well, getting getting vampires back to being beasts, and yeah, animals
3: and animals as opposed to being, um, you know, sparkly little diamond <laughs> teenage
2: heartthrob. Yeah things yeah. right
1: tom cruise and brad pitt the yeah. boy band uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as
0: horror fans do you guys have like um any kind of like specific horror merch that you that you collect uh as a as a family unit there
1: yeah even if it's like one movie that you always like oh i always have to have jaws shit we
3: are minimalists we almost went and tried to do the tiny house live in there for a minute until oh out damn yeah that we didn't have any place to put the tiny house so then we have to rent it and then it would just you know we could just rent a place so so we, anyway, have to, but... we
4: have to satisfy ourselves with the odd random yeah. uh, collectible so we have like a uh, a puzzle that is also a skeleton seahorse
2: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> and just <laughs> all sort of of weird just weird kind of like tiny random objects like a purple like seer stone and just yeah. just weird stuff like that but not 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 too much we we hold our collection in our in our, our hearts. hearts
3: yeah it's just cuz um you know we've gone across the country so many times moving back and forth here and there and it's just you know there's it's a lot of stuff yeah we don't if i guess if we had a house somewhere and we could fill it with cool things but since we're always on the move there was a time where i was moving like every nine months yeah. and it's just, it's just
1: Damn. Yeah. yeah man yeah you guys need practical memorabilia like uh hey Hand me the Jason Voorhees wooden spoon. Exactly. You know?
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
4: There's this. There's this woman. I'm. I'm sure there's many, but there's one I follow on Instagram, and I follow everyone's collections, which like also mm. gives me a, a huge jolt.
0: You feel like uh, you're a collector by following the collectors. Yeah.
4: Right. I. I feel like I'm the collector, and so she makes um these incredibly detailed painted like knives with all sorts of like horror characters on them, I would collect those because they're beautiful if they could actually be used, which yeah. I'm sure they can't. That
1: well. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you need. Exactly. Right. Or like those old collectible, collectible spoon sets they used to have of like Elvis. You get one with like Michael Myers. That would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
4: Exactly.
3: All the screen kids.
1: Yeah. Oh, my exactly. God, dude, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm all in on
0: that <laughs> uh, well, you guys want to get in some movies here, but b- before we do that, yeah. do you want to plug your yeah. stuff, maybe uh, reference some past work uh, that we can that people can find or or upcoming projects, whatever you want people to know or where people can can find your stuff
4: yeah, absolutely. so um even though our Kickstarter is over, you can still find our store with uh, our graphic novel um, at. A bit.ly link, uh, The Zombie Game, all caps. Um, we are also on Instagram. You can always follow us on Instagram at The Zombie Game and on Facebook at the same place as well. You can find uh, Dan's web series at TheFallDude.com. And, um, all, all of our, all the books that I've done that are worth looking at <laughs> are, <laughs> are, uh, up on, on the place where you can get the graphic novel. So yeah. feel free to check us out there.
0: So the full graphic novel is available for purchase today, right? Both, uh, digitally and hard copy, or is it pre-order yeah. for hard copy?
4: Uh, it. Essentially pre-order, but we we should have them in in the in the next couple weeks. So
3: yeah, we just got our the uh, first proof, and having that in your hand and it's it's substantial. Like I was really um, nervous, you know, because I wanted people to actually.
0: Like, yeah, it's like in a tattoo. It's like I know how I want this to look, but yeah. hopefully yes. this person knows how I want it to look, and then you yes. get it and you're like, oh. Fucking! Thank God that didn't
2: backfire. No regrets.
3: Uh oh. No regrets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it, it. It's really cool and it, and it's and it's hefty. You know. Um. It's not. Yeah. Just, it's, it's a big. It's in. not like a floppy. So it, it really feels like something.
4: We did a, It's a seven by ten book, so you get to see all the detail. And all the Easter eggs Ooh. that you get to uh, get to find throughout the book. Yeah. So you can also find us on this amazing platform called Macroverse, and they are uh, the best of like what a movie studio and comics could be together. So our book is actually available on their app. It's a completely mobile uh, digital app. Um, called Macroverse. And uh, they took about half the book and they they made it uh, their their first um, set of episodes. And let's be honest, a lot of like digital comics are pretty crappy. Um, they're, you know, <laughs> like they're back in the nineties where it's like, oh, this like guy gets bigger in the foreground, but like macroverse really treats it like a cinematic it's experience. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's
2: awesome.
4: if you love horror movies, this is like mm-hmm. so far the closest you will get to seeing the zombie game as a horror movie, you can check some stuff out for free and uh but if you if you want to subscribe they have a library of other cool creators as well
0: yeah oh uh and the other thing i guess we didn't really talk to, to you guys about this but uh surprise so we're gonna do a giveaway of what we're we're gonna buy one of the, the books and and raffle it off here in some capacity so
3: all um, right
0: yeah someone's you gonna get a book it's yeah nice.
3: that's way cool
2: thank
0: you so we'll f- we'll figure out how how and in what way we will do that but uh we'll get a physical book in someone's hands and uh like i said after reading that little 30 page snippet this week um i was uh, getting ready to buy the digital copy myself so um very Sweet. good stuff thanks all right do, you, do we want to get into some body horror films
1: here
4: yes, yes. all right our list is far superior already don't worry <laughs>
1: So you guys actually provided us with two lists, and they were both amazing. And unfortunately, we had to whittle them down to three. Uh, yeah. But I think you guys narrowed it down to three fucking amazing choices. All right. So I
0: thought we would just go. Uh, Jamie always gives me shit because, like, I always have a very specific order to cover the movies in. Um, <laughs> like but- whoever had the longest
1: mustache as the main <laughs> antagonist goes first.
2: <laughs>
0: we, we we are. We're going to go in the order that you sent them to us in. So okay. um, so the first film we will talk about is and I have a a really big confession to make about this movie. But uh, the first movie we're gonna talk about is 1985's The Stuff, directed by Larry Cohen. The here now. Great
2: new day sensation, light and free now, to elevation never enough enough is never enough of
4: the stuff mm, the stuff the taste that makes you hungry for more the stuff taste that delivers
2: Enough is never
4: we interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message
1: tonight america is in grave danger we are under alien attack by a popular dessert known as The Stuff.
4: Yes. All right. The Stuff.
0: All right, so this movie is starring Michael Moriarty, um, Andrea, I'm going to mess up her last name. But yeah, it's, how do you say it? Uh, Markovicci?
2: <laughs> <laughs> One of, you of say those things it. you mumble through, right? <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, so uh, let me give a quick break brief synopsis of this but then definitely want to get dan dan and emily's thoughts on this movie but um the synopsis of this film for those that have not seen it is it's about a delicious mysterious goo that oozes from the earth and uh (laughs) it's marketed as the newest you know dessert kind of like hit uh the the big thing to have um get through the fda yeah, it, never. Uh, <laughs> but this tasty treat, it uh, creates, you know, more of like a, a zombie-like uh, snacker, uh, really, uh, that results uh, from from ingesting it. Uh, and it, it makes them want to consume more of the substance and they become, you know, mindless uh, consumers, essentially. It's a at, tapeworm, uh, essentially. Yeah, that infests the world. Uh, but, but, Dan and Emily, Jamie, and I both have a million thoughts on this movie. but let's let's hear from you guys. like what uh, what do you love so much about this movie?
4: This was a one hundred percent formative movie for me. I have extremely vivid memories of going over to a friend's house in the dead of summer, eating those popsicles that cut your mouth with the plastic, and oh, like
0: the push pops. <laughs>
4: Oh, yeah. No, not push pops. They were cheaper than that. Yeah. (laughs) They were the ones you put in the freezer that have kind of like the sharp edges. Why they gave them to kids, I have no idea. pops were like the safe alternative. Here,
0: use this utility knife to open that uh, yes. that popsicle yes. kid. Yeah. There,
4: there was no way to open these things. And then you, you literally, in order to bite them to the bottom, you had to stick the whole thing in your mouth. So as you tried to get <laughs> it out, it like literally raked open your mouth anyway. So, but this was an, an illicit encounter with this movie because I was way too young to be watching this movie and I I was over at a friend's house and it made such an incredible impression upon me because it was about a kid it was about a kid who was like trying to prevent the end of the world it's like this this young person trying to like you know fight the good fight and I didn't understand all the implications of like consumerism and like you know 80s like brokering for for um consumer goods and stuff like that all all my young person brain saw was like this kid is savvy and he's he's the one like dumping out the stuff into into the toilet and like he knows what's up like this is this movie is advocating for like kids to take control of the world like they they know what's up
0: and then also like michael moriarty's character having the the goal to essentially kidnap a, ch- a child like if you right. if you really think about it he's like hey no this kid's gonna jump on the plane with us i just <laughs> right. I, 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 I ran to his house and uh yeah, no it's shit's fucked up there so he's gonna come with us and like he gets on the plane with them and the the <laughs> main woman's like all right yeah okay i'm not okay. comfortable with this right. but fine yeah
4: and when you go back and you watch it as an adult like those those visual effects still ha- uh, hold up. There there was still it was like it hadn't got gotten quite to the point where like eighties visual effects was well they are semi ridiculous but like they were still they were still really good and they are still pretty horrifying. Like the the dog like kind of like coming apart at the scene. Oh, shit, like, yeah. yeah. Um, no, the
1: effects are amazing.
3: By the by, the way, that's a that's a theme in all three of them, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, it's true. Like I'll all
4: have dogs.
3: It's like freaking weird things happening. Yeah. Wait a minute, they all do.
0: Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I never
1: even thought about that. Yeah. I had to we, think
0: for a second on on the the last one we're going to talk about, but yeah. Oh man, very cool. Um. So so Dan, what yeah. are your thoughts on this movie, man? I mean, and Emily, I I love that story so much about the the popsicles and just like yeah. friendship <laughs> and like no, that's honestly like that sums up Jamie and I's relationship with this genre and why we do
1: this this podcast too. Yeah, um, everybody has that movie, you yeah. know.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Such or a those point. movies, everybody has them.
3: Yeah, this one, I I was I was a bit older. I'm a, I'm a bit older uh, when this came out, but it was. It was just so incredible that, um, that they hit that consumerism and that, that, that brand on the, you know, it's like, here's this, eat this, you know, it's like, oh, and, and
1: that part. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah.
0: And legitimately, Um, if you haven't noticed, from 1985 to 2021, we've still not learned anything,
3: and (laughs) all of these
0: tactics still work. So yeah,
3: exactly. And yeah, it's that. I think that that to me is what was like for like the long term, like just the the effect of how frightening and accurate that is, Mm
2: -hmm. and how
3: you know this will sound you know how easy we are manipulated into doing things of that nature and 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 changing our behavior and becoming somebody else because so easy something tells us to um and it
4: was so prevalent in the 80s and it it is amazing to think that they had enough lens on themselves to like make movies like they live yeah this stuff
1: yeah 100 percent. because the 80s was the that was the birth of that whole thing right like yeah. oh my neighbor just got a microwave yeah. yeah i have to get one now you know well, like that I, was the the 80s was the birth of that
0: please don't stand too close to me while i take out the antenna on my uh cell phone
1: yeah <laughs> you know your
0: face off
3: started off in the in the 60s where like housewives were getting appliances you know it's like oh we got a tv we got but but in, in the 80s, it was just sure. it, was, it was just Crazy. all the time. It was just next, 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 next. Greed is good. Go bigger. Go. You know, it's like, yeah, um, yeah. it was it, it became less about, you know, how you were with your family or or that. It became more about the consumerism aspect of it, as opposed to like, you know, um, that was your worth was what you could buy and what you could attain as opposed to, um, what, uh, you know, a person you were, it was it, yeah. Both that thing shifted at that time. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, now we're just dealing with, you know, Instagram models and stuff like that, or, you know, yeah. or, you know, people that are famous for no apparent reason that are telling you to buy their, you know, whatever they're making today. And, and, and we do it. And so this movie is about that. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and the kid is, you know, and the kid figures it out. and I have I, I I have very fond memories of this movie uh, because of that
4: now, the the marketing the marketing on it was so weird because if you think about it, like you're buying stuff about the stuff. and it like the the graphic design on yeah. it is just so compelling that you wanted that stuff.
0: I love how the, essentially like the only person on the planet who has the faculties or capability to understand the psychology behind it is either an affable, like a guy that knows how to run the system, who's been profitable from it and knows like I'm doing the wrong thing and Mm -hmm. just make a lot of money but like that's kind of like my gig and that's what i want to do so and he knows what like the the michael moriarty character is so so in tune with like oh i know how to work the system i know how to be friendly i know how to do this i know how to do that blah blah blah, oh this that i'm gonna make jokes about everything Mm -hmm. it's like it's either that or a kid who is the epitome of innocence that looks at it and it's like Look, I don't have to be my dad who has to talk to another dad at um their son's baseball game about like the new toy or tool that they have in their garage. Like it's not there it eliminates the whole construct of like being a a person in a society that has a set of expectations with you. And mm-hmm. like he, he's like, No, my that's my brother. My older brother is that is that character. He's like, I am the I'm the counter argument and I'm the the firecracker and and mm-hmm. he's so just funny. he's so cool yeah this <laughs> character is great but Jamie what how do you feel about this movie man
1: dude I you know I love this movie um I love I fucking love Larry Cohen I love Michael Moriarty um he's essentially the you know I love him and cue the wing serpent love him in this one But let's talk about the effects team for a little bit because they fucking killed it on this one. Uh, Ed French, Rick Stratton, Steve Neal. And these were guys that worked on like Bright Night, Ghostbusters, Mm -hmm. uh, Terminator 2. Like these are legit fucking, man. They brought everything to life for sure. Yeah, Yeah. big time. And apparently, I guess they used uh, for the stuff, like for the... Scenes where they had large amounts of this stuff. They were using like a mix between like firefighter foam and uh they made this substance out of like fish guts, I guess. Oh
2: my gosh. Mm. Yeah,
1: to like avoid high costs. And it, like, can you imagine being covered in that stinky ass shit? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. So I've got a weird, weird
0: relationship with this film. I didn't see this until and I've loved horror pretty much since i was nine uh but i did not see this movie until my the year my oldest daughter was born so that was six years ago oh, uh and i'm three. yeah dude,
1: john i'm late on this as well about the yeah. same time frame
0: so i was probably 27 once years it was old. streaming yeah and i remember uh we were living in cleveland ohio at the time and um our very very close friend justin caroline we, we had him on the podcast he he was living a couple blocks away from us, a brand new father. And every Friday night, our routine was uh, he and I would go to this local like craft beer place and we'd fill up a growler beer and we would take it home. Um, as soon as my daughter would go down for sleep, like we would crack open the growler and he and I would split it and we would watch a horror movie. Uh, and this worked it into the rotation. And I remember watching it six years ago and being like, I missed the boat, not into it don't really like the movie i'm not going to tell anyone about this because like i feel like as a part of the horror community i'm supposed to like it so i like just walked around for like four or five years feeling that way and then <laughs> jamie picked this movie recently i don't know over the past like six months on something oh, for the
1: sequel the sequels that yeah. should have been made yeah, yeah.
0: That, that is the one so that was only like two months ago and then i re-watched it after that and i was like oh i feel like i like this movie so I do want to hit on everyone's favorite body horror scenes from this film, but before we do that, I do want to talk about a couple uh other things from this movie that I feel strongly toward. All right. One is just the the general idea of and this is the uh, a theme across all of these movies. Um but any film that has the sort of like hidden in plain sight um amalgamous kind of like undefined horror element of like oh are you one of them or are you one of us kind of idea
1: yeah yeah that's what all these movies are yeah
0: and it's it's crazy because you know you you guys have a graphic novel called the zombie game and when you hear the word zombie it's like oh that's just a mindless uh dead brain dick head running around that doesn't know anything that just wants to bite me (laughs) um but that's not it's not always the case um especially in these three films so i i feel like this is such a great and especially hearing the context and the substance and the thought that you guys put into um developing your story i feel like that's a theme certainly here and it's it's very relevant and very important so i I did want to note that but can we talk one second about chocolate chip
1: charlie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's the best. Fucking best character. Yep, he's the best. And it's- the
0: interaction Michael Moriarty has with him, he's like, "Wait a minute. You're chocolate
1: chip Charlie." <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, oh. like like he's obviously famous in his own world.
0: Uh, let's talk about body horror here, and and favorite scenes for everybody. Like, uh, relative to that, from this movie.
4: Um, I mean, for me, I think it has to be like the very f- final scene where she's where you you realize that there's still there's it's still out there, and like she holds it up, and like it's it's never enough, right? And I, I yeah. think that like pressure that we feel, um, it, it's weird. Like I was just reading an article today about like how we consume media and stuff. And I, I feel like the same the same way now, like we're even more than ever before, we're overwhelmed. Like maybe it's not even, although it's still part of it, its consumerism, like now it's also uh, like content and information and ideas. And it's like, it it, it is never enough we have so much access your your brain like literally melts
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
4: every time so i i just loved it it's not really like a trick ending but i i just love that concept that like you know the the impulse inside us will never die and it will never be enough
2: yeah
0: i love that concept uh very good uh what about you dan
3: uh, when Garrett Moore's uh, his 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 jaw and his his mouth just yeah yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's yeah it's 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 absolutely amazing. You know, it's just and yeah, it it it, it freaks me out to this to this day. <laughs> yeah,
2: the level- yeah, mine
1: would be the same scene. Yeah, yeah. the chocolate chip Charlie scene. Yeah.
3: Anything else? Yeah, cl-
0: I cl- love me. this pick. Cl- yeah. Closing thoughts on the stuff before we head to the next one.
4: It's um. It, it deserves to be, you know, That there was like a lot of, a lot of 80s horror that was not good, but I think a lot of it deserves the second watch. And even if it, even if it still feels slightly cheesy, I think it is still very relevant today. I think it still has something.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. I also agree. All right, <laughs> hey, John. What's next,
0: buddy? Uh, So this is a film we've covered multiple times on this podcast. It's probably my favorite film of all time. But, Jamie, do you want to introduce this one?
1: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about 1982's The Thing. Twelve men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice.
0: Now it has found a place to live inside
1: where no one can see it or hear it. Mm or feel it. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If It takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. (sighs) Uh, So, sorry you have to talk about it again. (laughs) Oh my god, we'll talk about it every day. I mean... It's, you know... Is pretty... i'll call john after this call and talk about the thing <laughs> we'll just talk about the thing <laughs> um
3: yeah it's just, it, it's it's not even just a, a great horror movie it's like a great movie and it's like one of those that just transcends genre mm-hmm. um
2: oh
1: no yeah, it doubt
3: badass it's it's carpenter just is awesome you know the the whole setup is amazing like it's just it's just a great film
4: and a remake that came at like the perfect time in an era when it could be done in an extraordinary way
3: and and nowadays i think they would have done it all with horrible like oh, cg yeah yeah and oh my god the effects in that well did you
0: see did did you see the prequel like the
3: 2011 um, yeah. yeah. Like Joel or Edgerton, right? Like, is that is that the star of that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just like there was just something about Kurt Russell and that whole group that just had something else and had a like the the characters were all I mean they were all like really talented talented dudes. Like, I don't know, it there was just something that
1: yeah
3: there's a the magic
1: that you can't yeah. recapture
3: yeah. and and yeah. you're yeah. trying to do it and and kurt russell at the time i mean he was like you know escaped from new york and he was just this badass and you got uh you know um just these just tremendously talented people in this film and it all just came together it's great um, fucking
0: you know. hair too
2: yeah. oh my god
3: Like that's just like it was just so good. Wolf and Brimley's in it for God's sakes, man. Oh, Keith
0: David too, so good.
3: Um Yeah, it was just such a great uh, collection. And then they kind of tried to redo it in this in a way, and I just it was just kind of frustrating.
4: Well, because the movie, yeah. The movie is really about suspense, right? And if we're if I can skip ahead to like favorite scenes, like the the blood test scene.
3: And then Daniel Moffat, he's just like, get me the hell out of this chair. I mean, it's like, he's just like... Oh, he's, when,
0: he, when he says like, yeah. I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but... If that, <laughs> I don't want to spend the rest of this winter tied to this
3: fucking chair. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, just, I, you know, I don't think that um, there was... there they They knew what they were doing, and i um I, I just I honestly don't think that um a lot of people nowadays are are that uh, instinctual um, and so uh, as 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 actors, um they're much more just you know supplying a meat suit
4: and uh, and it, <laughs> the best of like kind of that 50s and 60s paranoia like some of the best of the twilight zone episodes and all that like um cold war paranoia and like just just channeled it into like can we trust each other and it was such a big theme like through the 80s but it just came out in this perfect like crystallized egg to be just an amazing film where you you just didn't know because there there were a lot of films like that. Like our who's the bad guy, you know, like or or um people transforming.
0: Yes. I actually into- I, I have so much to say about that concept, uh specifically for the last film. Um oh, yeah. but I I not to nerd off too hard for a moment, but I, I was writing my, my master's thesis on on the idea of the loss of american identity in post-world war ii america mm-hmm. um, and how it relates uh specifically to science fiction um so oh, yeah, I would, I, yeah. <laughs> so i two two books that were uh, staples to my to my thesis were uh jack finney's invasion of the body snatchers um and then john c campbell's who goes there which is the uh, original version of the thing um or the the book version of it so I I that idea of like the red scare and things like the blob and those 50s movies oh. like i I love those so much and and I every every winter the first time it snows I put on um you know the 1982 version of the thing but then the next day I I start I, I pop on the um the thing from another universe the the original and i I have it on all winter long, and it's kid-friendly enough where my six-year-old and, and, and three-year-old won't you know, run out of the room crying when it's on, so uh, I feel just, so fondly toward it.
4: Just, to, just desensitize them. Well,
3: And also, just to throw down down. in those movies, I was an extra in uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. So <laughs> just wanted to throw what? that in there. I, you I, really? yes, I, I, I was uh, one of the kids in the parking lot of the uh, grocery store So, I just wanted to throw that out there. So, if you ever watch that, is this, are you being serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little blonde kid in that um, running. So, just throwing that out there. I never knew (laughs) that. But yes.
0: um, So, we're going to raffle off a um, (laughs) a uh, signed copy of Attack of (laughs) Tomatoes and
3: random kid number four. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's one of those things where I didn't even remember as I was so young, um, yeah. but I was, I was told. Multiple
0: times. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, but with the thing, I, I just feel like talking about body horror. So the idea of like body and shape and yeah. just mm-hmm. general physicality and all of that is just so interesting in this movie. And like there are layers of of clothing and,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: people are shedding clothing and they're tearing through clothing and they're, they're shedding skin and they're tearing through skin and they're evolving and like when you think of body horror this really epitomizes the concept of of body horror and mm-hmm. and transformation and evolution and it just the, the layers of like meaning and and dichotomy it just it it stacks so high And you can talk to 45 different people about it and 45 different meanings would extrapolate and that's what i think makes this movie so valuable
3: i think it's it's, talked about one of the one of the few that like it's they're so well concealed that their behavior isn't the answer right Um, yeah because you had to do the blood test, right? And in others, it's like that person's weird, you know, or <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that person's not my, you know, wife, you know, that that kind of stuff. They're acting strangely. Um, he We're, wants me to eat this stuff, yeah. you know.
4: We're but, more in it. We're more yeah, in it that it, way.
3: Yeah. And so we we can identify them, but in this one, we couldn't. And that is 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 frightening.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not social science. It's like science, science.
3: Exactly.
4: Well, uh, And to that point, too, it is so closely tied to science and the idea, you know, that that science could bring about calamity and that it that it is, um, you know, presages are our love, love affair and hatred of technology and like what we what we do to the earth and like how we interact with science that was was more meaningful than a lot of, you know a lot of other sci-fi ish type horror um where it's just like, oh, well, something kind of comes from the sky, you know, or it's an accident yeah. or even um you know, vermero, where it's like, oh, it's a comet or like, you know, whatever, sure whatever happens by accident like it is also tied to the fear of science and the fear fear of progress as well
3: well yeah and evolution yeah yeah i i actually have that word
0: written in my notes and underline evolution because the characters literally they evolve like the as from a social perspective they evolve um but and physically in response to being infected on certain occasions they evolve too. So yeah, do, I, I got to ask though, do you guys ascribe to any specific meaning to the ending of this movie? Cause I know it's pretty, um, it's like American politics in 2021. <laughs> it's like very divided.
3: Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I, I didn't, I haven't really thought about that. Um, Maybe it's just because I'm trying to protect myself. (laughs) Uh, It's it's so um, it's it's so bad right now um, in such a um, frustrating
2: way. Uh, But um, yeah, it's quite.
3: You know, you just uh, if you're talking about like the the not knowing at the end yeah um i think that that's important um
0: there's so many theories that go on and so many themes like people say like oh the the characters that have the that are infected there's a light flare in their eye um during certain scenes and like if you retrack through it you can see where that exists and where it doesn't uh or child's breath you can't see at the end of the film so you know that he's the one that is the one that's infected and, and not Kurt Russell or, Oh, there's gasoline in the bottle of J and B. Like there are all these insane yeah. theories and I, I don't know where John Carpenter stands on it, but he's probably like take it easy, everybody.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I sometimes, uh, you know, I guess that's one of the things that we want to, um, instill meaning on things that, might not have meaning and so uh you know it's like why is that that it's like well that's why is it you know um william shatner mask was like well that's what was left
0: that's what uh, was available at the time
3: could find and painted it white so uh we
0: had, we had three dollars and 80 cents to buy a
3: mask <laughs> and we had no money and we had to do something yeah. uh, like the the you know the you know so i i, I don't really Prescribe anything at the end. I just, I like that it's, I like that it's open.
4: Yeah, it's allowed to be ambiguous. Like,
3: and we're, there, yeah, just so many things aren't. And to, and, and I think you know, like, what do I think is going to happen? I think that that's one of the things I, I hated about like, uh, uh, like uh, El Camino, right? I don't want to know what happened to Jesse afterwards. I just want to know that it's like I want to fill that in with my own brain. Because whatever I fill in with my own brain is better than what they're going to come up with. Right. So, and
4: that is the best parts of horror. Right. That that is why it is horrific. It's not the things we see; it's the, the things, things that, we don't see,
3: and the things that we think might happen. Right. And so, I I don't want to know the answer because the answer will probably be disappointing. Yeah. Um. So I, I'd much rather just kind of.
4: Like they, yeah. neither of them are infected, but they're scarred for life. Feed <laughs> on their children.
3: <laughs> you know, it's like right, that's the ending of it, thing. It. I think, I think they both freeze to death. But that's, um, you know, but
0: well, if they, you play yeah. the video game, uh, you get picked up in a helicopter at the end by Kurt Russell. So
2: oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not cool. to spoiler, but I just spoiled the shit out of the video game. So <laughs> I it, uh, that's what
3: happens. I yeah, dude. Like, that's what happens when you don't do things right away, um, <laughs> or like ten years later. Um, but yeah, I, I love this movie tremendously, and I just have to say that um, the head sliding off, and then the you know the the crab.
0: Oh, the Norris spider. spider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's like you know you gotta be fucking kidding me. It's yeah. like this, this there, there's not like it. There's nothing that's so good one, that sentiment is perfect yeah and it's done perfectly because it's just like it's absurd right it's like you can't believe what's happening and that's that's awesome it's a real human reaction yeah it's it's you know it's all i I, you know it's i love that movie
0: all right you guys want to hit our last film
4: yes yes uh,
0: through process of elimination since we didn't divulge the order uh do you guys want to introduce this one
4: uh this one
3: i think you already did at some point
0: (laughs) i know i I fucked up
4: i know jesus christ (laughs) specifically the 1978 version of invasion of the body snatchers
2: they come from a dying world they drift through the universe pushed on by the solar winds They adapt and they survive. The function of all life is survival. Sleep. 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 From deep space. Sleep. Sleep. The seed is planted. Sleep. Sleep. Terror grows.
4: highly superior to any other version because mm. <laughs> not only do you get to see young Donald Sutherland oh yeah you you get a super super cute uh female lead and, as well
3: uh, yep. and uh, gangly a very gangly Jeff Goldblum
4: so gangly uh,
3: and a very you know and so, so skinny uh
4: oh yeah Leonard Nimoy Leonard
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's the the yep. casting.
0: It's got Don 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 Sutherland. Uh, Brooke Adams is the female Adam, lead.
1: Uh, yes. Jeff Goldblum,
0: Leonard Nimoy. Him. Oh man, this movie's so good. You have some
1: cameos from like Kevin McCarthy. Yeah,
0: and Kevin McCarthy from the originals in it. I love that. Um, yeah. And the that scene is great with him. The whole like um. The chemistry between uh Don, Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams is so like. It's so palpable and Dude. just it's so yeah, you love it. tangible. Yeah. Oh,
1: they're they're adorable too. and I want to eat that meal that he made. Right? Right? Dude,
0: and when he says, like, oh, just get that ginger. Give me that. Uh, I gotta say, guys, I know. Typically like, was he
1: cooking a home chef? <laughs>
0: <laughs> typically we get um when we do interviews, sometimes it's like, Okay, cool, like these are movies we haven't seen. I gotta really pay attention to, but I've had such a good past like 10 days because I've watched all all three of these movies multiple times this week and uh, I've seen all of them so many times where I didn't have to like sit and fully pay attention Um, but it's just been like so comforting it's like wearing a really comfy blanket uh, over your shoulders all all week just having these movies on around me so this yeah I met
3: Sutherland once I sold him some boots was he cool Uh, he was, he was, I I mean, he was, he was nice and cordial and all he was, he's very tall, he's a very tall man.
1: Um, and you know, probably had like a weird shoe size too. Yeah. You know, and like, do you have the 12 and three quarter? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But he,
3: he was just, you know, he had had this, these discussions a lot about things. So he was just, Yes you know and uh, you know i i'm i'm a big fan of uh, the dirty dozen like that's another movie that you know and that like um so i i really he's he's awesome uh,
4: i do have to say though if you have not watched this this version and you have not watched a lot of 70s movies yeah. prepare yourself because one of the worst and slash best parts about this version about this movie in general is it is epitome of 70s like in the 70s they were still figuring out film structure it wasn't kind of the simplistic stories of like the 50s and 60s but we hadn't quite gotten to like all the story beats that we see now and so the movie just wanders like a lot of 70s movies and you know sometimes it wanders a little far and not all the scenes like tie into like a main theme or like, you know, are are for like a specific purpose per se. And that just kind of is the nature of 70s movies. Like you're just, you're on a ride, which is also one of the best things about it. Like we don't get movie experiences like that anymore. Like yeah. a story that just kind of like staggers around. And like, I swear to God, the homeless dude dog, dog man
3: thing yeah, fucking
4: terrifying. She, yeah. Fucking
3: terrifying
4: she was like
0: it is so good um
3: she would have totally blown our cover if we were doing the same thing like I was, oh uh, yeah <laughs> she would have totally flipped it i would have been just i would have been like the other girl i'm going fuck you i'm just dumb. I'm <laughs> <going>. you <laughs> act like I, nothing's happening go ahead and scream yeah it was oh uh, my god it, it was
4: it, it was just the way it was presented to it was just so weird and it, and it's sometimes hard to look back at some of those old like vis effects and be like oh you know that's just but there, it was something about i don't know it was the way they shot it or like the angle they shot it at but it, it was
0: the, there was an immense amount of social intelligence to wait to, to the way this movie was shot and watching it so many times this week like each time I watched, I saw a different thing. In, right. it, it, in the first, like, 30 minutes, them just walking through town and people standing and staring in certain ways. Yeah. Um, yes. You yeah. see them, and they're subtle, and it's one of those things where, like, Dan, you just described, like, being the kid in the fucking parking lot of Jack of the Killer Tomatoes, right? Like, yeah, you know there's someone right now, probably on another podcast, that was like, no, I was the person in the window staring out. They're like, oh, where? <laughs> right. And yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, like, no, if you look and you pause at three minutes and 80 seconds or 80 seconds, uh, three minutes and 40 seconds, like I'm standing up in the window on the right-hand <laughs> side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there's like, so I'm one the of in the, in, like
3: You know, you know uh, I, I'm one of the guys carrying this one right there, you know. I carry
2: yeah. That
0: yeah. And, um, and all of those characters create this like communal presence of that that thing we kind of talked about on the first movie, which is like the concept of, oh is my neighbor a bad guy or is uh yeah are they good are they bad like what's going on here and how do we identify if they are who they say they are um and that's just such a chronic theme throughout this movie and it's what makes it so suspenseful and fun and exciting and and you're just engaged by the charisma of the characters of um like jeff Goldblum's character is so like he's a pain in the ass and he's kind of annoying but like you you feel for him right and like you want his relationship to work out you want uh donald sutherland and and, uh and brooke adams like you want them to work out you want them to figure it out um especially because like they bring you immediately into brooke's brooke adams life and she's like in this relationship with this douche uh i
3: don't know if that was the word back then but yeah (laughs) um it was on the wall
0: uh, there's a guy holding a sign that said douche. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but, like, I was just like, I also really like the ending.
4: Oh, like, yeah. I think
3: that that's also one of, yeah. I guess, it another is the thing, opposite of the thing. Well, and also the fact that, you know, I thought about this a lot too about different types and genres and stuff. And it, it, I don't know why this came to me, but uh, like the bad news bears, right? It's a seventies movie, and and they <laughs> and they didn't win, but and that was okay back then. Like we have to win now. Yeah. We we they were if, some
4: fatalistic fuckers.
3: I know. <laughs> it was just you know like we we if if we don't win there's there's a sequel. Um, right. And you feel get...
0: like as the viewer that you won because like you you won knowing now, like, oh, I have the information, like I know what's right because yeah. I saw what everyone did
4: wrong. Right. right. And there is no winning in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's you will not survive. You won't win against them. That is the message at the end. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, and what's her name? Veronica Cartwright. She she does that. Like, yeah, so
0: well, yeah. she's awesome. And that sound too, that yeah, oh, yeah. That like
1: or whatever, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, man, that's oof, haunting.
3: Yeah,
1: it's Did- it's so so it's so well done, and
3: and Nimoy is just such a douche. I mean, he's, no, he
1: he
0: is a douche in this movie.
3: He is such a like. I, I, you know he does that
0: thing where he he grabs Jeff Goldblum and he's like, "How did yeah. you feel when you thought I was mad at you?" And yeah, like, well, you fucking grab me, you Didn't douche! He- like what? How do you think <laughs> I feel?
1: Yeah, that was so awesome. he wears that stupid fucking glove. <laughs> yeah, um, like a half glove, like exactly. a palm glove. What the fuck? You know, know,
0: someone on like a Michael Jackson's team was like, "Hey, did you see uh, Nimoy?" <laughs> In that movie he was in we got to get this going <laughs> so, center.
3: he's so awesome
0: what about uh in terms of body horror uh, scenes that resonate for you guys in this film
3: so you well, know I mean the dog situation was like just frightening but um
1: yeah that's something
3: yeah it's just something that kind of comes out of nowhere that's like this weird Amalgamate. so weird, yeah amalgamate.
1: yeah, because there's nothing else like that in the movie. Oh, nothing,
3: no. nothing. And that's what is so like shocking about it. I think it's like we were everybody looks very similar, and everybody is, you know, just their their movements have changed a little bit, and it's how like they
4: almost not horror, after yeah, that
3: point. And oh, I started laughing, yeah, when yeah this happened. <laughs> um, but I think that what I, when they were like the the pods were growing while they were sleeping and jeff uh uh, donald sutherland was uh, sleeping in the uh in the backyard and it started to grow out of him and they all started to grow that was just awesome uh like
1: when you saw them coming out of the pods yeah yeah.
3: it was you know it was just and then like he killed him like he he took that uh hoe to himself it was, it was ugh,
4: yeah yeah. I mean, for me, it was like Brooke Adams dying, where it like they shot it so close, and you could see the mm. filaments like, and it, it's this very tender, like yeah. touching moment, right? And we all have, and maybe maybe fantasy is not the right word, but it's like a a common, almost like a trope to be like, I'm gonna be with the one I love when when they die, and it's gonna be this really intimate moment. But it, yeah. like stuff is growing out of her face, yeah. and she like turns into the skull, and kind of, and he he looks at her her like decaying corpse, and is just completely horrified. And then we get boobies. <laughs> yeah. This is impossible naked. Yeah. Seventies <laughs> yeah. boobs. It's like, oh, what a reveal! <laughs> Thanks, yeah. for that, filmmakers. Here's some boobs.
2: yeah,
0: they sure do that.
4: Yeah.
2: I think
0: mine is the, the whole like texture of the, um, uh, like the massage parlor mud, mud scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the one that always resonates with me, especially with the reference to body horror. Cause like there's that one like obese dude that she's giving the massage to, and she's such like a, um, positive like pleasant character too who's like mm-hmm. no the the plants need like that would mm-hmm. probably be me right like no no the plants need um music to thrive uh and i just i I loved the whole like the discomfort of cuz you know like okay something's going down here um uh, but she's being so positive and trying to create like really trying to create this positive environment and it's it's very obvious like Hey, uh your world is really about to get wrecked and then it does. Um and I just I love how that that whole scene evolves and Jeff Goldblum's amazing as always and it's just a really cool scene. Yeah,
2: it's
4: it it, yeah. it is also all about bodies in that scene.
3: Yes. It's yeah.
4: like, You are the
3: good, the bad and the other.
4: Yeah. Right? And it's like here's this, you know, here's this older dude, here's, like, this obese dude, and it's, like, how we interact. And Jeff Goldblum is almost, like, painfully skinny. So to, like, see him beside, like, these other bodies is is such a, like, weird contrast. In the, And the set design is probably one of those, like, instances of, like, we didn't have very much money. But, like, whatever material they made those curtains out of, it is just it. kind of looks like a medical bay, like setting, and it, to me, it just makes it even more creepy. It's like some weird pseudo medical lab that this happens in.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure, Jamie. What about you, man?
1: I mean, mine's kind of a uh, amalgamation of all the scenes you guys have already mentioned. Uh, you know, Emily's was would, would have been my first choice because it's. Mm. Such a jarring scene, um, you know. Like she said, it's so emotional, and you're kind of like, "All right, the good guys won. They're they're going to make it out of here." And then, you know, you're kind of dealt that that blow of like, "No, it's not that simple." Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's ugh. It's heart wrenching. It's fucking terrifying. And just like watching him like squeeze her head is so like, ugh, oh.
4: God. Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: I love this movie, by the way. I love it so much. I'm surprised I don't own it on uh, Blu-ray yet.
3: Yeah, and and I'll, you know, uh, it's also like I don't remember. I, I don't remember not knowing that he was like taken at the end because I just always have remembered knowing that, and I think about like people that hadn't seen the movie. at at the first time you know for the first and seeing it at the for the first time and never seeing him because that's an iconic scene they always play that yeah where he turns so like it's kind of like psycho right where it's like if you were at the theaters when that first happened and that reveal happened how did that affect people like and and that would that's something that um, yeah you know, to, to that's yeah. Whoa, I, well, just, I just spoiled it. No, 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 no,
4: that that was the best part because that's the best part of, like, that seventy shooting because they took so long at the end of that scene. You are you sit in his world for so long. Like, yeah. I was completely convinced. No, that- it,
0: it, honestly, it's like, hey, uh, you have to carry yeah. this 400-pound backpack up that hill, and then you get to the top, and you're like, whew, man i was part of this we we got up here and yeah, then yeah. Like, oh wait we forgot to tell you this backpack's filled with dynamite in your
2: phone <laughs> <It's> yeah. <nice. laughs> yeah exactly
0: yeah yep yeah. that's a really oh, good way see. to describe it emily to
3: be, to be the to, i i just i i envy people like at the time that didn't know um you know and and if you haven't you know people hadn't ever seen it or something and, and introduced it to somebody that hasn't seen it and just like because we're just not used to that anymore
4: yeah it's it's so fatalistic
3: yeah and it's so awesome because yeah you no, know, not everything in this world is ends happily yeah, uh, yeah. And, it's and-
0: it's hard in in hollywood to uh to come to terms with that sometimes but uh in the 70s they 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 put it upon us and they did it in this movie so yeah it's yeah. a great depiction of that uh well this was amazing and and we really really appreciate you guys uh taking the time to to come on with us and three amazing picks uh realistically you guys had six amazing picks and we whittled it, <laughs> whittled it down to three so um thank you for for making us watch these movies again that we love so much and for for coming on and for talking about all the, the stuff that you guys have that you're working on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having us and yeah. uh, and, and telling us how great we are because um, we definitely need more of that in this world.
1: <laughs> well, this has been great. You guys have been even more great. <laughs>
2: all
1: right.